this is a jar of dirt. And you're like, so what? <laughs> What's the big deal with the jar of dirt? Uh, well, let me tell you, dirt is pretty amazing stuff. Uh, for one thing, the Bible says that we were made out of this stuff, that we were made from the dirt, that God created us out of dirt. It's amazing. Uh, the Bible also says that it is to dirt we return, that we are uh, made from dirt and we return to the dirt. When I do a funeral and we go to the graveside and we get ready to bury somebody, I'll say something to the effect of ashes to ashes, dust to dust. You've heard that before, yes? All right, so yeah, it's, we, are, we come from the dirt and we go back to the dirt. Dirt is amazing. Uh, th this is just regular old potting soil. Uh, I went out on our front porch. We have an old bag of potting soil, and I thought, I'm going to take some dirt to church with me. And uh, don't worry, I'm not going to sprinkle it all over the stage or anything like that. But I, 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 I just scooped it out. And dirt is amazing stuff. When you think about it, just think about dirt for a second, that you could take a seed, uh, a flower seed or a, uh, an acorn, uh, a, a, a strawberry seed, whatever. You could take a seed, and you can put it in this stuff, and then with the right amount of sunshine and water and nutrients in this stuff here, a, a, a plant will grow out of it, like a, a, a big plant. That to me is amazing, that a, a tiny little seed can make a big plant grow out of this stuff, this dirt. It's amazing. And I mean, you think about it, like you can put a small seed in there and, and you can get a tomato plant or a, a stalk of corn, or like I said, you put an acorn in this and a mighty oak tree will grow out of it. That's amazing. And like I said, all it takes is three things. Dirt, sunshine, and water. But you've got to have those three things. You've got to have dirt, you've got to have sun, and you've got to have water. Because if you don't have the right amounts of dirt, sun, and water, you're not going to get any kind of growth out of it. Uh, the, the, it uh, the plant won't be healthy. The tree won't be healthy. Uh, the roots won't go down deep enough. And you just won't get a healthy plant. But with this dirt, with this dirt, Amazing things can happen. I remember when we uh, lived in Minnesota, my wife uh, planted a garden in our backyard. And we had these woods behind the, the house. And so we planted this garden one year. We tilled the soil. We put the seeds in it. And we waited. And sure enough, stuff started to grow. And I was like, this is amazing. It's like a, a miracle of, of science and a miracle of God that he can make stuff grow out of the dirt. That's right. And so he... Um, but sure enough, you know, we had all these deer that live in Minnesota. I don't know if you heard this or not, but there are a lot of deer that live in Minnesota. And they would come up out of the woods behind our house, and they would eat all the plants. So we, we got nothing, nothing, nothing to show for all this hard work and effort in this garden. Now, a couple years ago, my wife planted a garden uh, on our back porch in pots in the back porch. And uh, we got lots of stuff out of there because there's no deer in our neighborhood, thank goodness. Uh, otherwise, they would have eaten all of her tomato plants again. But uh, so we had the right amount of water. We had the right amount of sunshine, right kind of dirt. And we had plants to grow out of it. We're eating green beans and all kinds of good stuff out of it. How many of you like to garden? Now, some gardeners, much more than in the first service. That's why you're my favorite. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's amazing how stuff grows out of dirt. And when you think about it for a second, our spiritual lives, our lives, our faith, our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus is kind of like dirt. Uh, it's like our hearts, our fertile soil for seeds of faith to be planted in. And we have to have the right amount of water, sun, and soil for a relationship with Jesus to grow out of. 
Uh, now, when I say the right amount of sun, I don't mean S-U-N. I mean the right amount of the S-O-N. And when I talk about water, I'm not talking about H2O. I'm talking about the living water that Jesus gives to us. And when I talk about the right amount of dirt, the right kind of dirt, that's what we're going to talk about today. Because we're going to talk about dirt today because Jesus told a story about dirt. And so this story about dirt today is one of the parables. It's one of the short stories Jesus told and, uh, in the book of Luke. And that's where we've been on Sunday mornings this summer. Uh, we've been looking at short stories Jesus told in the book of Luke. Now, Luke recorded a lot of parables that Jesus taught. And a parable, if you've never heard of a parable before, or if this is your first time at church, great. We're glad you're here. Welcome to all of our first-time guests. We're so glad you joined us this morning. Uh, if you don't know what a parable is, a parable is just a real simple story using everyday objects that reveal a great big truth. And so that's what we've been talking about, is these simple stories using everyday objects that reveal great big truths. And today's truth is about how to have a relationship with Jesus. It's about how to have a growing relationship of faith. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, we, this is number 10 in this series. This is our 10th parable that we're looking at today. Uh, we've got three more to go before the end of the month. And then in September, just to give you an idea of where we're going, in September we're going to start a four-week series called Committed. It's all in. It's, it's going all in in faith in Jesus and what it means to be a fully surrendered, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. What does Jesus expect from us as his followers? How does he expect us to live? How does he expect us to act? How does he expect us? What kind of things does he expect of us? Jesus expects total devotion and wholehearted surrender. And that's what we're going to talk about in September. And then in October, we're going to do a four-week series called The Vow. And it's all about marriage. And you're like, oh, goody. Nothing like getting jabbed in the ribs at church. You hear what he said? That never happens. Well, we're going to talk about marriage in the month of October. It's a series from a church down in Oklahoma called Life Church that we're going to go through. And it's called The Vow. And it's, it's four weeks uh, about how to have a better marriage. And so if you are married, uh, if you are not married but thinking about getting married, or if you are getting married... Uh, this would be a great series. Uh, if you know people who are married, uh, it, this would be a great series to not only encourage you, but encourage people that you know. And so I want to just right now just tell you that if you, if you know people uh, who are married, and you want, this would be a great opportunity to invite them to come to church and hear what God has to say about marriage, hear what God has to say about how to have a good uh, Christ-centered relationship, and that's what we're going to talk about in October. So just want to encourage you at every step of the way that if you have friends who don't go to church, uh, who don't have a church home, invite them to come here. Uh, I love this place. I love Sunday mornings. I love GFCC. I love being here. And it's not just because I'm paid to be here. I'm paid to be the preacher. No, I love my church. And I love you guys. And I love being here. And I, I invite, I, I kid you not, I invite people all the time to come to church. And it's kind of easy for me, right? It's like, hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor, and you should come to my church. You know, that's kind of easy for me, right? Maybe not so easy for you. But if you care about people, and you want them to have a relationship with Jesus, and you want them to experience the fun stuff that we do here on a Sunday, invite your friends and coworkers and relatives and neighbors to come to church because they are, they are missing out. Because I'm telling you, this is a great church family. And if this is your first time here today, thanks for being here. We hope you have a great experience today. So that's where we're going over the next few weeks. Invite your friends to church. Let's talk about dirt. 
Turn to Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 15 is where we are this morning. If you didn't bring a Bible, that's all right. You can grab one out of the chair in front of you. It's on page 731 of the Bible in the chair in front of you, page 731. Or if you have a smartphone or tablet, you can always pull that out and go to your app store and download the Version app or the Bible Gateway app, and you can follow along on your phone. Uh, and uh, we encourage you to use your phones in church for reading the Bible, not for texting your friends or posting on Facebook, unless you're posting that you're here, which is fine. So we're in Luke chapter 8. Now we're going to set the scene first here. We're going to set the setting and see what's going on here in verses 1 through 3. Jesus has been traveling throughout Palestine. And uh, Luke writes this in Luke chapter 8, verse 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. Now, you've got to know this. It's a very rural society. It's not a great big city, not a lot of great big cities. It's rural agricultural areas. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve, in other words, the disciples, were with him. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, one of the great things about Christianity, one of the great things about Jesus, is that he elevated the status of women uh, above that of their society. So in, in their society, uh, back in Jesus' day, not only were women not supposed to be heard, but they weren't even supposed to be seen. Now, you've all heard that about children. Children should be seen and not heard. Not even women in those days were allowed to be heard or seen. Uh, they were second-class citizens at best. But when Jesus comes on the scene, when Jesus comes along, he elevates the status of women. He, he teaches them. He heals them. He spends time with them. He uses them as illustrations in his parables. Jesus elevates the status of women from second class to equal. It's a great, great, important lesson that we need to learn and make sure that we grasp onto in the church that there are no second class Christians. There are no second class citizens in the church. And so when Jesus elevates the status of women and the Bible, the New Testament tells us that, that women have equal access to God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ and that the foot of the cross were all equal. Red and yellow, black and white and brown, uh, male and female, young and old, were all equal at the foot of the cross. Every single one of us. We all have access to God's grace the same. We have all access to God's forgiveness the same. We have all access to God's love the same. He loves us all equally. We're all his favorite. He's got a gigantic refrigerator, and every single one of our pictures is on it. He's like, I love that one, I love that one, I love that one, I love that one. This guy, too. He loves us all equally. He loves us all the same. And we all have equal access to God's grace which is awesome. And that just wasn't done in those days. And so these women are hanging out with Jesus, and he is teaching them uh, as though uh, they were equal, which is fantastic. And, and not only that, but the women uh, are supporting Jesus' ministry out of their own means, that they are supporting him financially and the disciples financially out of their own means. Jesus attracted everyone to him. And it's to these people, the disciples and these female disciples that Jesus teaches this parable. Verse 4, while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, 
As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it, and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. He who had, he, when he had said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we see that there's a, a farmer who goes out to sow a seed. Now, in those days, they didn't have tractors, and you couldn't uh, plant in straight lines. What you did was you just took it, uh, you put a, a bag of seed over your shoulder, and you just scattered it indiscriminately. You just kind of threw it wherever, and wherever it landed, it landed. And whatever soil it landed on, it landed on. And Jesus describes four kinds of soil uh, that the seed lands on. The first is kind of like a hardened path. How many of you are hikers? You like to go hiking in the woods? Nobody. Great. So you have no idea what I'm talking about. How many of you have ever been hiking at some point in your life and hated every minute of it, apparently, because you never went back? So when you're hiking down a path, right, a well-worn path that the dirt is hardened uh, and, and uh, nothing can penetrate it, and it that's kind of like the idea that Jesus is saying here with this first kind of soil, that it's kind of like a hardened path, and the seed can't go penetrate down into the soil. It just sits on top, and the, it gets trampled on by people, and the birds come and eat it up. The second kind of soil is a rocky soil, and this is very, the soil on the rocks is very, very thin. And so the seed can kind of get underneath the surface, and it gets a little bit of moisture, and it starts to grow, but there's not a lot of depth to the dirt, and therefore... The roots don't go very deep. And when the sun comes out and it dries up the land and it heats and it heats up the day and it, bur- it literally burns the plants and the plants wither because there's not a lot of sh- uh, depth to the dirt. The third kind of dirt uh, is uh, a, a thorny dirt or a, a weed-filled dirt. How many of you do gardening? Anybody does gardening? More people do gardening than hiking. It's safe for no bears. Um, but... Uh, when you garden, what is the worst part of gardening? Oh, you've done it, yes. Weeding is the absolute worst. When I was growing up, we had flower beds around our house. And one of my jobs was to weed. And, and it's like they never stop. They just never stop. The weeds never stop growing. And what grows faster, flowers or weeds? Weeds, weeds. They're awful. And sure enough, they, they grow up and they choke out. They, they block the sun. They choke out the plants. And Jesus says that some of the seed falls on weedy or thorny ground. And the last kind of dirt is good dirt. And this is where uh, the seed gets down into the dirt. And it has the right mixture of sun and water and dirt and nutrients. And the seed grows up into a plant. And it produces a crop a hundred times what was planted. So for every seed that is planted, it produces a a hundredfold crop. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And now... Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. And what he's talking about is that it's important that we not only hear his words, but that we understand them and we put them into practice. And then look at verses uh, 9 and 10. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables so that though seeing, they may not see, though hearing, they may not understand. Now that sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? Like Jesus is trying to keep a secret from somebody. Well, he had revealed the secrets of the kingdom of God to his disciples, to the 12 disciples, but everybody else wasn't getting it. And that's why he spoke to them in parables. He was trying to help them get it, but they weren't understanding. 
And Jesus is quoting from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. It says this. He said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. And what had happened was, is the people who rejected Jesus and his message and the good news that he was bringing to them, the people who rejected him were continually hardening their hearts. They didn't want to hear the good news. And the longer that, that Jesus preached, the more their hearts were hardened. Have you ever been talking to somebody about your faith? Or you've been talking to them about God, you've been talking about church and Jesus, and they're like, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't want anything to do with church. And it seems like the more you talk to them and it maybe invite them to church, the, the harder their hearts get. And have you ever had that experience? Maybe you were that person and you're here today. But you were that person who, I don't want anything to do with church. And then somebody invited you and you came and it's like, wow, this is completely different than I expected. And it's great. And it is. But sometimes people's hearts get so hard that they just refuse to hear it anymore. They refuse to listen anymore. And that's why Jesus says, i got to speak to them in parables. Because if I tell them the truth and just plainly tell them, they don't want to hear it. So he's going about it in a different way. And so his disciples want to know what it means. And now he's going to tell them what it means. Look at verses uh, 11 through 15. <clears throat> this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Notice, the seed doesn't change. It's all, there's four kinds of dirt, but there's only one kind of seed. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. It is so important to remember this about uh, the, the first kind of dirt. The first kind of dirt is hardened dirt. So the first kind of dirt is hardened dirt. And we got to remember this, folks. There are people out there who do not want to hear the gospel. There may be people in here who don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear the good news of Jesus. They don't want to hear the bad news that they're a sinner. They don't want to hear the good news that God loves them and that Jesus died to forgive their sins. And that's what he did. That's why Jesus died. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. And Jesus shed his blood on a Roman cross so that our sins could be forgiven. And he wants to forgive your sins. He wants to forgive my sins. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, by believing in him and turning away from sin and repentance and confessing your faith and getting baptized, in that moment, God washes away your sins. He cleanses you. He purifies you. He makes you clean and white as snow. And he takes away your sins and he removes them as far as from you as far as the east is from the west. And he gives you the promise of eternal life. And he fills you with the Holy Spirit. And you get the promise of going to heaven. And that is just awesome. Amen? That's right. And, and so when it comes to this hardened dirt... We've got to remember this one thing. What does Jesus say the birds are? Birds are like the who? The devil. The birds are the devil. We have an enemy who is working overtime against us. We have an enemy of our souls. We have an enemy of humanity. We have an enemy of God. And this enemy is out to get you, is out to get me, and is out to keep us out of heaven. Because the devil is your enemy, and the devil hates you. The devil is real. And the devil hates you. And I don't, I'm not trying to scare you. But I'm just telling you you have an enemy. But your enemy has been defeated. Your enemy has been defeated. And it is only a matter of time before Jesus comes back and deals with our enemy as only he can. The enemy has been defeated. But until the time when he is, until he, until he receives his eternal punishment, he is prowling around like a roaring lion, and he wants to destroy you. But remember this, 
Your enemy is the devil, and he will do whatever he can to destroy people. And that means uh, something very important, and that is that people are not our enemy. Whether they go to a different church, belong to a different religion, have a different political affiliation, work a different job, make more money, make less money, drive a different car, sin in a different way, people are not our enemy. There is not one person on this planet who is your spiritual enemy. The devil is your enemy. The Bible says that our battle, our, our battle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, our people are not our enemies. But the enemy is the devil. And he is out to destroy you. And when it comes to uh, people, people are not our enemy. They are people whom we love. And that's what we do as a church here, is we love people. Because we love Jesus. And Jesus loves people. So, the first kind of dirt, hardened dirt. And we got to reach people whose hearts are hard. And we got to work through uh, the Word of God. And we, we got to love people until uh, their hearts are so softened. And that's how you till a hardened heart, is through love, the love of God, the love of Jesus. Uh, look at verse, tw uh, verse 13. Those on the rock are the ones who receive the Word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. And we all know people like this. We all know people who come to faith in Christ and they put their faith in Jesus and they get baptized. Uh, but then all of a sudden, they just kind of quit showing up and they kind of wander away. And this is like that rocky dirt where there's a thin layer of dirt and the, deep, the, the, the roots don't go very deep. And our job as a church is to help put more dirt on those people is to get the dirt deeper so that their roots go deeper and their faith becomes real. That's what our job is. So that when the hard times come and the tough times come, the plants don't wither. Next verse. Verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. This thorny dirt, this weedy dirt... This thorny dirt chokes out the seeds of faith. It, it chokes out the plants of faith. And, it, and what is it that does it? It's the cares of this world. It's the things of this world. It's the money. It's the material possessions. It's the, the, the pleasures of this world that choke out faith. It's what it does. It's a divided heart. And Jesus says we cannot have a divided heart. It's, Jesus has to be first. Or no Jesus at all. Jesus has to be number one. That's what we're going to talk about in September, by the way. Is how Jesus has to be number one. And, and there cannot be any division in our hearts. We make Jesus Lord, and he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Jesus has to be first. And if we're not willing to make Jesus first, then he may as well be last. Jesus comes first. Our hearts cannot be divided because when they do, when our hearts are divided, we try and serve two masters, God and money, or God and things, or God and people. When we try and serve two masters, it will choke out those seeds of faith, and our faith will die. Last verse, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So the good dirt is this last kind of dirt, and this good dirt is the dirt where seeds get planted and people start to grow and they, and they produce a crop. They produce 
righteousness. They produce goodness. They, they produce faithfulness. Uh, think about the fruit of the Spirit from the book of Galatians. They produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. They produce this fruit of the Spirit that, that flows out of their lives. They become a, a, a strong plant, a strong tree, a, a strong fruit-bearing crop. And it begins to change them. And it begins to change people around them to where they're not just growing in faith on their own, but they're helping other people grow in faith too. They're helping other people get to know Jesus. They're inviting their friends to come to church. They're telling their friends about who Jesus is. That is the fruit that we bear in our lives. Righteousness, faithfulness, love, evangelism, where we're telling people about Jesus and we're loving people in Jesus' name. This is the kind of fruit that we are to bear in our lives. And when our hearts are good, when the dirt of our hearts is good, and God plants those seeds of faith in our hearts, and they begin to grow, and they grow, and they grow, and they grow, and pretty soon uh, it just affects every area of our lives and affects the people around us. So what kind of dirt are you? What kind of dirt are you? Are you hardened dirt? Where it's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. I've had enough. If you know people who are hard in dirt, your job is to love them. Because I believe that love is the, is the till that, that turns the soil. Love is the till that turns the soil. Love people in Jesus' name so their hearts are softened and they can hear and receive the word. Uh, if you are uh, the rocky dirt and, and your, your, your soil, your dirt's a little bit thin, it's time to go deeper in your faith. It's time to get into the Word of God. Make sure that you're here on a Sunday morning, fellowshipping with other Christians, getting to know other believers, holding each other accountable. Get into a Bible study to where you can go deeper in your faith and you can deepen that dirt. And so your roots go down deeper and your faith is stronger. Uh, if you are uh, the thorny dirt, if you have uh, things of this world that are choking out your faith, then it's time to re pledge your loyalty to Jesus, to recommit your life to Jesus Christ and say, I'm not going to let the material things of this world get in my way anymore. I'm not going to let the things of this world, the material uh, desires of this world uh, choke out my faith anymore. I'm going to make Jesus first. No more divided heart. Jesus is number one. And if your heart is good, and if your dirt of your heart is good, and your faith is growing, I want you to share it with others. I want to challenge you to share it with other people. And if you've not made the decision to follow Jesus yet, if your heart is good, you're hearing the word, and you're ready to make this decision, I want, you to, I want you to have this conversation with me. I want to talk about your next steps of faith and what you need to do next in order to deepen your relationship with Jesus. It all boils down to this, my friends. Be good dirt before you become dirt and return to the dirt. Does that make sense? Cultivate this relationship with Jesus Christ. Soften your heart. Be good dirt before you become dirt and return to the dirt because we're all returning to the dirt. We are all going to die. And before that day comes, before the day comes when you become dirt, make sure your heart is good. Make sure that the dirt of your heart is good and that you are receiving the word 
and that you are believing the word and that the word is in you and transforming you and changing you. Be good dirt before you become dirt and return to the dirt. And when we do that, when we allow the word to infiltrate us and we allow the word to get planted in us and change us and transform us, then God can use us to plant more seeds and more people's lives will be changed and communities will be transformed. Lives will be transformed. Destinies will be changed. And we will see God do amazing things in us and through us.